0: Summer, summer, summertime. As I'm recording this, it's summer. And growing up, I always loved summer because it meant that I wasn't in school. And it wasn't that I disliked school. I actually liked school all throughout my educational career. But what I didn't really like about school and life was that they seemed like two disparate things. It was always like, you're either in school and it's go, 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 and it's the school year and there's just no time for anything else to live your life or it's summer and there's nothing and there's no school at all and i just really wished even as a young kid growing up that it was that the that the blend it was more blended you know the lifestyle was more blended and that school was a part of your life but it wasn't like the only thing in your life or not in your life at all. And little did I know that, you know, fast forward 25 years, there'd be so many online learning experiences that allowed you to live your life and be able to still get your degree. And one of them, the one that we love, Oregon State eCampus, they have over 85 programs online that you get to do all online um, they have amazing student stories like Lucretia Lobostall. She turned her van, as you know, we love van life, into a home, toured the country, visiting archaeological sites, museums, while earning an anthropology degree. And they have all types of programs that are going to fit what you want. So whether that be a bachelor's degree or whether that be an advanced degree, you could check it out over at ecampus.oregonstate.edu peanuts. Remember, Oregon State eCampus is ranked number four in the nation by U.S. News and World Report. So they got the goods. And if you're going to check it out, make sure you use our link so the people over there at Oregon State know that you came from the EPOP podcast. The link is ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts so that you can further your education while also getting to live your life. How good does that sound? 12-year-old Trav is very, very happy about that ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts
1: and then you go and you like get off the bus and there's like a sign saying fresh bear kill like get back in the bus Okay, oh, great i'm in way over my head this is not good and and then like half an hour later i like cycle around and you saw him and you're like ah, okay that's a that's a large predator I am not a wilderness person. Like, I have bear spray on my backpack, and I have absolutely no idea how to use it. <laughs> mm.
0: The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 448. As Otto mentions in today's episode, Idaho is a hidden gem. It's also a hidden gem for fun trivia facts. Did you know? That the country's tallest sand dune is actually found in Idaho? Who would have known? One, two, three. I'll show you Paris in the morning. I'll show you Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who once tried to sail from Norway to France and failed, who decided to ride a bike 5,000 miles from Alaska to Mexico but didn't know how to change a tire, and who has gotten lost, stuck, and confused in more countries than he can count, Otto Eckroyd, author of Northbound and Down. Otto, thanks for joining me. Huge welcome, man.
1: Excellent. Thanks very much, Travis. Yeah, at least at least with the Alaska to Mexico cycling trip that I actually made, the the, the sailing was slightly less successful. But at least you know, cycling you can kind of you can kind of. You can you can make your mistakes and you can keep moving. Sailing is less forgiving.
0: <laughs> that is true. If you guys are a fan of mishaps, which if you listen to the podcast, you are, uh, we this will be your show today uh, because even just chatting with Otto a few moments uh, before this, it, like me, there are a lot of things that you decide to like jump into full force without maybe knowing everything, and uh, you know you learn lessons along the way. That's a good place to be. <laughs>
1: Hundred percent. If you don't sink, you swim. Unless you're in the middle of the North Sea, in which case you probably sink. Actually, the, you know, the <laughs> you've been place. there. Yeah.
0: There you go. So we got adventurer, explorer. We've got these idea of like grandiose terms, right? So before we came on here, you said to me, like, I'm not really them. So explain to me like what do you consider yourself like because you do take on these quests these these missions these explorations
1: yeah 100 percent. i mean i'm i'm like a nine to five at trying to flaunt as it were you know i'm trying to like i i have a i have a normal day job i'm not an athlete uh i just read a book and got really inspired and was kind of in a moment in my life where it was easy for me to take a break and you know alistair Humphreys rode a bike geez uh maybe i can do it too um I'm, I got a credit card, I can buy one, I can buy a flight, you know, I can, it doesn't, the credit card doesn't teach you anything about how to ride it, it doesn't teach you anything about putting a tent up. But, you know, actually, the benefit of like cycle travel is, you know, you can kind of learn on the go, you know, you get a tent, you get some panniers, you get a bike, you know, and you can just go out your front door, you know, no matter where you live, not now, obviously, but, you know, in normal times, you can go out your front door, and you can just more or less not stop. It's pretty sweet.
0: What was like the first inkling that you had that you might want to take on? And and we're going to use all these terms cuz we were talking right before you hit record here. Like they're all relative, right? When I say bigger trip, I mean something that's more than uh just your standard I'm going to go for a bike ride. You know, you decided you wanted to do multi-day, multi-week, you know, kind of explorations. What was the first time, if you can remember that you thought, "Yeah, I want to give this a go."
1: Yeah, 100%. And like Yeah, there's, as we were saying, right, there's always another level. Like I did a four month trip and that for me was like, that was out of my world, you know? But like doing that four month trip, you meet people that are doing four years that are doing like their whole life as a trip basically. And like, you know, you think you're doing this hard cycling trip going from Alaska to Mexico. And no problem. There's people doing twice that distance and more in half the time. But to the question, like I did this trip when I was maybe like 20, 21 um sailing around norway across the north sea uh almost across the north sea and like we did, it was with a buddy of mine in norway and we were like fixing up his parents boat and we uh we rebuilt one of the hulls like this old 1970s trimaran we spent like you know three months rebuilding this hull did this big sailing trip had this crazy adventure and you know 10 years later we kind of like both had careers and like did our thing and now you're like mid thirties, but fatter, and like, you know, sort of sitting around having a beer and being like, you know, still telling this story. Like I still, like, it was, it was a wild trip. You know, we ended up on like Scottish TV, you know, we're interviewed with the mayor this kind of, it was nuts, but like, just a full mishap, but like, you know, we were still dining out on this a decade later. And we're just like, like the realization came to me like, man, I need a new story. Like, what am I up to kind of live out in this for the rest of my life?
0: I love that you're die. I, I like that term. You, to always come up with some weird- You're dining out. You're dining out on that story ten years later. I think that's true, right? Like we all have these things that we've done when we were younger, teenagers, twenties, whatever. Nostalgia is great, and it's great to tell those stories. But I like that you said, "Hey, we we took a chance once." Yeah, maybe we've sat around for 10 years and I'm sure you didn't just sit around. There's other stuff. But you, you say we could do this again like we're still the same people inside. I still yeah. have that sense of exploration. So first kind of feeling of it was was 2021. 20, get it gets rekindled a little bit in your early 30s. What makes you decide to then take the plunge though because most people would just push it off again. Oh, I'm 30. I'm 31. I've got a career. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, 100%.
1: I'm, I think I was just like looking for the right idea, you know, sort of like, you know, just like people when they're trying to start a business or something, you're like searching around for that, like extra spark that sort of lights the fire. And I had a girlfriend at the time and she was talking about like, I was like, oh, I want to do a big trip. You know, I'm too old for hostels. I can't just like go and get drunk in Latin America. Like, you know, I need to do something real, like chat, chat, whatever. Um, <laughs> But uh, she's like, oh, we went to cycle touring in Italy, you know, it's like, oh, don't you like get flat tires isn't hard. You know, she's like, nah, you like, I was having two dinners a day. I was eating unlimited pasta, like, you know, drinking all this wine, never got a flat. It was phenomenal. It's like, hmm, <laughs> sounds all right. Like, so then I, yeah, I heard about cycle touring. Just, I mean, I'm kind of a nerd. I'm not like the most athletic person in the world. So I just like, I bought a bunch of books and started reading about it. And then you read about all these guys, you know, it's like, I was, I was, I was, like, there's like, Devlin Murphy was actually the first one. She's like, she did like Ireland to Pakistan in 1960 something, like on her own. She had a gun. She like shot a wolves. She like, you know, she forded a river with a cow. It's like this is like as you like as we were saying like always another level, right? Um, I mean, on her own as a woman in Pakistan in the 1960s, like boss. Um, but. Uh, anyway, reading her, like so reading her, and then reading someone who's like sort of more relatable. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Reading someone that was sort of more relatable from a in, in, he's closer in age and gender to me, but uh, uh, still did something substantially harder. Uh, Alastair Humphreys, and sort of, you know, it was like, oh, this guy cycled around the world for years. You know, pretty much just picked up a bike and rode out his front door. You know, sounds wicked. Like, why do like why can't I do that?
0: Mm. Yeah, so you got that spark. I, lo- I love that you said that because I do that too. Hey, I want to cycle around the world. All right, I'm going to start reading about it. Right, like yeah. <laughs> it's sure. like, is there a worse <laughs> thing to do maybe than read? Like, why not go for a run to build up my leg muscles? Right. Yeah. No, I- I'll just read about it. I'll just
1: read about it. I bought a I bought Zen and the Art of of like bike maintenance. Like it's like you know it's like the seminal book on bike maintenance. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to learn how to like do all this bike maintenance. Open it up and I was like, ah, you know, this is hard, man. I don't want to do this. Like, this is just tough. Like, God, I, like, what do I, when am I going to have to, ah, you have to change the spoke? You need a special tool. It's like, ah, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep weight down. I'm not going to bring a tool.
0: <laughs> I, I won't break a spoke, right? My, my girlfriend yeah. said she never got a flat tire, so we're all good. Yeah, exactly. Um, what did you then, like, once you kind of came to that realization, all right, bike touring is it for me? Like, I, I read these books. I this this fits with my lifestyle. You said you kind of had a point in your life where you were able to To take that time to do it Walk us through from like, all right I'm gonna do it to the to actually doing it. How long was that and what type of planning or lack of planning uh occurred
1: Yeah, so I was quite lucky. I had a job that's sort of like it's a project-based job and you can kind of take a sabbatical So I talked to work and they're like Yeah, you know you're not that good like we can let you go no problem <laughs> you want to go call us when you're back I'm like, All right, okay fine And then after that you know you're kind of you you sort of bend the boat a little bit you know you're gonna like i told started to tell people that you're gonna go like now you have to actually go you know you kind of oh, i bought a bike i bought some panniers i told my job i'm going like now i should actually go out and ride around the park maybe <laughs> probably, it's probably smart um but yeah i like I didn't do a lot of training. I sort of, I rode, I rode uh, as Richmond Park in the UK in London. It's like a 30K lap from my house. And that was the longest I'd ever ridden a bike ever, period. You know, I was like, you know, whatever, 32 years old, sort of like riding along. Like, oh man, this is actually hard, huh? Like get back home. You're like, oh, well, I mean, I survived. It was pretty fun. Like, and then sort of, you know, I probably did that maybe five or six times. I was like, oh, I got to do something longer, got to do something longer. So I convinced a couple of my friends to come and they're like, you know, they're sort of the similar people. It was like, just just rent a bike, you know, get into it. It's kind of like classic middle aged sort of a, uh, you know, corporate person sort of thing. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into cycling, going to get into cycling. Sure, sure, sure. You know, we did Newcastle to Edinburgh. It was like 300K. I was like, oh, yes, yeah, a good cycle. Except basically, we just like, you know, take 14 hours to do the day have a bunch of pints in between like first restaurant. We like ate them out of oysters. Like uh, this is like more of a junket than a cycle tour, but yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. And then like, yeah, after that is like, you know, you convince, you can convince your buddies to do two or three trips with you. And then after that, you're more or less on your own. <laughs> like mm. after sort of like, ah, I don't really like the hills, man. You know, I got other holidays. I want to go on. Like, you know, we're done here. You, you need to figure this out on your own. It was like six months, and then bam, ticket to Alaska.
0: So okay, so you did you did do a bit of. Pre- I mean, I know you said like, all right, I it wasn't much, and it didn't prepare you for what you were going to do. But yeah. I'm mean, three hundred kilometer ride, multi day. Yeah, you know, you, you you at least did that. What made you decide that it was going to be like you're starting an endpoint that you're going to start in Alaska and go down through Mexico? Like, why for you did you decide to do that as opposed to I mean, well, I guess anywhere else in the world that you could cycle, yeah. which is basically anywhere.
1: No, like, to be honest, my my, fir- my first like ambition, because I've never, really, never really traveled in South America and I'm kind of, I'm from the, U- like my mom's from the US, but I've never really been around there. I was like, ah, oh, it'd be really cool to kind of do Argentina to Alaska. And then this is before I really knew anything about it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do Argentina in Alaska. I'm going to do Argentina in Alaska, blah, 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 chat, chat, chat. And then he's like, that's oh, 20,000 K, you know, it's gonna take you two years. They're like, yeah, no, nah, I haven't got time for that. <laughs> I, you know, that's beyond me. I'm a, I, I, do, I need a little tour. And then I figured out that if you go from Argentina up, you're kind of riding into the wind. I'm like, eh, I don't want you, the first mountains you gotta cross are the Andes. And I don't I'm like, eh, it sounds really hard. I don't wanna do that. And so, I mean, the, like, a good decision would have been like, oh, okay, I'll just save the money on the flights. And I'll just ride out my front door in London and ride east because you just can You know, you can, go for, you can go for miles and miles and miles and you don't have to pay for a flight. You don't have to put your bike in a box. Nope. I was kind of wedded to North America. I don't know why. Like, just, I was kind of like the momentum, it sort of caught me. And I, I think I just told too many people. And I was like, nope, guess we're going to do Alaska.
0: I think one of the things too with that, you know, because I, I you see a similar thing happen with just regular travel too. Like mm-hmm. I'm in the US, I'm like, I got to go to Bali, I got to go to Thailand when I could go down to the Caribbean or Mexico or Central America and it's quicker, <laughs> it's easier. Yes, same time zones, right? But you're like, it, it because it's further, mm-hmm. it, it, it essentially, you almost say like, if I'm going to take a trip or in your case, if I'm going to do four months and really do this, like I would have amazing experiences going out my front door in London and, and going east, but someone could get in a car and do that same thing. Like, let me, let me do it proper. Right. And, and I, I so I understand that, right. You, you're you like, this is a huge adventure. When am I going to do this again? I might as well pick where I really, really, really am intrigued by.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Except I knew absolutely nothing about Alaska. <laughs> I, I kind of got, I got there and I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to go through the Yukon. Like. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm just telling this to some, like a lady in the hostel and, uh, she's like proper Alaskan. She like, you know, she ran a school up in, um, Gavik, or I can't say it, but Barrow up in the North Slope. And she was like, if you haven't seen Denali, you haven't been to Alaska. I was like, okay, guess we're going to go to Denali. <laughs> okay, Got to take that one. <laughs> uh and so, you know, like you turn up there and you're like, oh, I'm just going to skip out of Alaska really quick. And then suddenly 500 Ks north later, you're like, oh, I guess,
0: guess we're going to go see Denali. Oh, uh, man. So, okay. So you went, I'm assuming in summer. Yeah. You, yeah. you knew that much about
1: Alaska. Okay. I was going to turn up in April. I was like, ah, I need some time. I need some time. And then was like, you know, look at the weather in April. You're like, ah, maybe not. Maybe June. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so you start in June, you, you hit up Alaska, you decide, hey, I'm going to go the opposite way of what I planned to go up to Denali, which in hindsight, good decision or bad decision?
1: Oh, man, amazing, amazing. You wouldn't like, if, if you haven't seen Denali, you haven't been to Alaska. You know, she, was, she wasn't she was wrong. She knew her stuff. Um, but like, yeah, it's nuts. Denali is like, there's a, there's like a gravel road into the park that they ban cars from. So you can ride on it in a bike or they take like the... You know, the tourist bus is in there. So it's pretty empty. And it's like a big, you know, moose habitat, bear habitat. You know, if you're, an, again, if you're another level from me, you can go backcountry camping there. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely, it looks like the, like some parts of it look like the moon, you know, there's Denali there, which is the highest mountain, you know, this sort of thing. And you get to see bears really up close and you don't have a metal wall in front of you. <laughs> You, you suddenly you're like Hmm, yep that's furry it's big
0: and it's coming in my direction i'm going to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> so for all right so so you got to denali and so what was your plan going into this uh, was it that you were going to camp most of the time or did you say hey maybe i'll you know i'm going to stay in hotels like what what did you think it would look lo- look like as a whole and then We'll kind of, like, big picture it. What did it look like? And then we'll get into kind of some of the details of the trip.
1: Yeah, 100%. I thought, like, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I hadn't really, like, planned it out like that. I sort of bought the tent. And was like, you know, these guys, like, they're quite hard. You know, these sort of, like, the, the bike packer kind of, the bike packer ethos of, like, you know, you go light, you go far, you know, you go cheap. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm mid-30s. I'm a bit squishy. Like, I'm I'm gonna take it a little bit easier. I'm gonna bring the tent. Like, uh, I, you know, there's not a lot of hotels in Alaska. (laughs) So first, you know, the first night I was like, uh, I never camped anywhere where I like, uh, you know, where I didn't have to pay sort of thing. Or I'm like, you know, I never actually put the tent up outside of my living room. Um, So I was kind of, you know, you're like, uh, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta find some like wooded patch, like, and then finally I like, come across like a pay campsite by a river. I was like, okay, okay, baby steps, baby steps. I go, I go here and then I, then I, man, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like I, the, the idea was to sort of try and emulate that sort of like go like, go far, go cheap sort of ethos, you know, with a little bit of like, uh, you know, a little bit of realism as to who I am, you know. A little bit of like, uh, you know, you, you, I'm not going to be able to eat bread every day, like uh, peanut right. butter and jelly sandwiches or something like, yeah, you know, I, I got a credit card. I don't have to do that. Like, right.
0: You, you're not trying to make it as hard as possible just to make it hard. You realized this is going to be hard anyway, no matter. Yeah, yeah. I, I could have as much money in the world as I as I want. But if I actually am biking, this it's going to be hard.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like uh, I, don't know, I halfway through, I heard a story about a guy who did. Coast to coast of Canada, like and just eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and got back to France and had scurvy. Right, like, nice. That's I honestly, I thought that, I thought we eliminated that. I thought that was, <laughs> right.
0: I didn't realize scurvy was a thing, but yeah, that's still around. <laughs> 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 Too much peanut butter, man. Just give yeah. me scurvy. All right. So, so, so you, you know, you, you decided you were going to wean yourself into camping and all that kind of stuff. What mm. did it then like? because you didn't have a ton of plans going into it. Did you, were there points where you then decided I need to take a step back and plan this more? Or was it just kind of falling forward every day, every other day? You're just like, Hey, I, I, this has worked so far. Let me just keep going.
1: Yeah. I had like, I mean, it's a little bit of both. Like I did a bit of planning on the way, but I sort of like (laughs) the craziest story actually from this is on the, on the plane over there, I sat next to these two dudes and, you know, you like sit down next to someone on a plane. You suddenly, are like, ah, I don't really want to, I'm from London, man. I don't really want to talk to these people. I'm going to be stuck talking to them for eight hours. They look really cool. You know, they look really like outdoorsy kind of guys. I was like, ah, I'm trying to like do this trip to talk to people, like trying to meet people. I should be like a little bit more open at the, at the start of my great adventure, you know? finally, the guy actually just, like, talked to me, so I do not really have to do anything. I was, like, there sitting in my little bubble being like, oh, should I oh, Should I say hello? Should I say hello? Finally, the guy's like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Hello. My name's Otto. Nice to meet you. <laughs> um, and it's a, he's, like, a river guide from Idaho. And he's like, he's guy, yeah, Johnny Idaho. He's like, <laughs> he's, like, the coolest guy in the world. You know, he's, like, guiding river trips, guiding, hun- gu- guiding hunting trips, just, like, absolutely gnarly. And it turned out he... The dude who was picking him up from the airport in Seattle was the older brother of a guy that had guided a whitewater rafting trip that I'd been on as a tourist in Iceland. Who knew? You know, it's oh. like small world. What are you, you know? And we were sitting there in the back of the sitting there in the back of the plane, like on these little screens and like Virgin Atlantic, being like, he's like, like, I don't know. he's like, where are you going? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go down the east coast, like, uh, you know, go through Vancouver, got some buddies in Vancouver, I'm gonna visit them, I'm gonna do the Pacific Coast Highway. He's like. You're not know, going to Idaho? I was like, uh no. He's like, whole state of Idaho should be a national park. <laughs> I'm like, ah, yes. <laughs> I guess we were going to Idaho then. <laughs> um, and then I it's like, you know, I was kind of planning the route out, and I was like, I mean, it's not a bad option. Ended up going to stay with the guy in Idaho. It was awesome. <laughs> like, you know, I painted his house. That was a poor decision on his part. Like,
0: really? You painted
1: America's his labor. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. Okay. Well, all right. For, so it seems to me that the thing that we just have to remember is we don't have to plan well. We just have to sit next to brazen Americans who love their state and you yeah. just follow what they say to do, right? hundred percent. He planned out like a month
1: trip through Idaho. Like it was, it was dope. And I honestly, like I was there for, I was there in Idaho for probably like maybe two weeks or something. And I, man, you could have been there for 10, you could have been there for a whole lifetime. It's like unlimited rivers, unlimited mountains, unlimited forests. Like, you know, I heard you were saying the sort of like the hidden gem of uh, Europe is like Slovenia. And it's like and hidden gem of the US is what? You know, in my humble experience, right, is Idaho. It's just absolutely gnarly.
0: Yeah, I I've, I actually never, I don't think, even set foot uh, in Idaho. I've been very close a bunch of times. So, all right, time time to go. Yeah, got introduced you to Johnny Idaho, say so you're right. Nice. Yeah. I mean, hey, I need a I don't need a reason to go, but if I have a reason, I'll go, right? And Johnny Idaho sounds like about as good a reason as you could have. Um so so you you start to take this idea of like, all right, I'm gonna take it as it comes. What were like were there any points in the beginning? Or or let's say how soon in were there points where you thought, oh man, I'm in over my head. Like I, or or on um, or that and likewise, like I'm gonna quit. Was there ever that mentality?
1: Yeah, definitely the definitely the end over the head was like uh, I sort of took the in Denali. I was like a weekend, you know. it's spend like everyone everyone has to you about beds before you go on these kind of trips, right? It's sort of like what are you gonna do about beds? I don't, I don't know, man. Like I read that they weren't dangerous like i'm i never seen one I'll, I'll figure it out i'm sure to fi- i'm sure to figure itself out like you don't hear about that that many people dying whatever and then you go and you like get off the bus like uh, and there's like a sign saying fresh bear kill like get back in the bus like okay oh, this is i'm in way over my head this is not good and and then like an hour later half an hour later i like cycle around and you saw him and you're like ah oh, okay that's a that's a large predator uh, you know, like, I am not. I am not a wilderness person. Like I have bear, I have bear spray on my backpack, and I have absolutely no idea how to use it. Mm. <laughs> um, but luckily, they're actually very friendly animals, or actually just don't care about you at all. But anyway, so yeah, so that was definitely the moment you realize you're in over your head, or I realized I was in over my head. And then the like two weeks in, sort of the body adapts or it doesn't to kind of like cycling 100k a day you know like all of my like years in an office caught up with me and suddenly you know it's like all the little things like every time i call it like a midlife crisis trip like everyone's like ah, you're 30 you're not you're too young for a midlife crisis i was like i don't know like i definitely felt middle-aged when i was like you know, sitting in fairbanks like you know like popping Panadol and Advil and Tylenol and whatever you whatever I could get my hands on it could have been psychedelic, um, just absolutely crushing pills, uh, and yeah, there I was feeling very old and it's like ah, this is this is still counts as a trip if I take the um, if I take the ferry down. That's still I mean that's still cool. Like it's not cycling, but yeah, but luckily eventually the knees are covered so.
0: Yeah. I Because the physical fitness part obviously can't be, you, you can't just forget about that. Right. And, and you can't, mm-hmm. you can't look past it. Like maybe mental roadblocks, fears. Okay. I'm just going to keep going. But there's, there must've been a point for you where you just said, I, I like I, physically I have to like, what was it? Take a break. I mean, obviously you're popping pills and, and make sure you have uh, stuff like that. But did you have to take whatever a couple days off and say i'm not doing this and after that what was it like like was there the thought of oh dude i I, now that i took some time off because i feel like this would be me gung-ho going 10 days in take a day off and then being like uh maybe i don't want to get back on one day turns to two turns to three turns to four and then it becomes the fairy
1: i was definitely that i was definitely that 10 days you know all everyone was like just whatever you do, just don't crush it the first few days. Like, you know, you know, just, just go easy 50, 60 K, like relax, take your time, enjoy the sights. You know, the first, first day I get on the bike is just like, cool, 150, let's go. I'm on my bike all day. You know, I'm so, so excited about this. Like, you know, that was, that's a poor decision. Just if anyone takes anyone's advice, you know, just don't do that. That's a bad idea. 50 K, 60 K, it's a great idea. Warm up. And then, yeah, I did exactly that, like 10 days, you know, one day off the bike. And then you're sort of like, ah man, like my knees are killing me. Like, I'm not sure I can go on. I took one day and I was sort of like sitting around going stir crazy after like a day off, kind of like just sitting there, like reading all day, like nothing to do. Next day, I was like, okay, I'm going to go down to the bike shop like. Check if it's like systems failure. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm sitting on the thing wrong. It's the bike's fault for sure. It's the bike's fault. <laughs> um, I got to I got to REI and they like the the bike mechanic there is like so, no, your knees just hurt, man. <laughs> yep, fair enough, man. Fair enough. That's uh, you're correct. Thank you, thank you for thank you for that. All right. But then after you know after I, I like walked the bike out, and I was like ah, oh, I just ride home. Like it's not that far. It's flat. Fairbanks. Mm -hmm. And ride home and it's like okay it's sunny I'm riding my knees on I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go like it's fine and it just it just sort of sorted itself out it was just you know better lucky than good right right
0: what what was then the the most remote because I mean you're starting out in Alaska and then you're going through the Yukon like was that a bit of a worry of of I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere I mean there must have been days that you didn't see many people right 100%
1: yeah, 100% but it's like it's not I mean you know it's kind of adventure but it's like adventure light you know it's like it's it's not like Shackleton in Antarctica you know it's like I'm seeing like people there's no penguins like um like every day there's going to be people that pass you on the road you know every day there's cars coming you're like you're on a highway like you know so you're sort of you're kind of out in the wilds you know as compared to central London but as as compared to you know the Arctic Circle, you know it's a busy it's a busy like thriving metropolis. um But, but actually, the funny thing about that was you get like you know, like you get just very social. So like you know you haven't seen anyone all day, and it's like a it's like a butchery, like a uh, not even a butchery, like an abattoir, like a meat carving shop. And I remember like going in there and just being like, I don't, I'm just gonna start a conversation, and I haven't seen anyone for like seven hours, like turning up and like. Hey, uh, so, uh, what are you guys butchering? <laughs> These dudes are just like, who are you? You want to buy a sausage? Get out of my shop. <laughs> uh, anyway, I got the full story. We became buds. <laughs>
0: there you go. Did you, um, but there, there were, there were times I'm sure, well, I guess you, there were times you weren't passing through any towns in a day, right? Cause if you're doing 50, 60, 70, hundred K, you know, put that in miles for our U S folks. Right. I mean, you're doing 40, 50, 60 miles. There's times where you're must go a few days without being in like a proper town. Yeah. hundred
1: percent. Like in those, in those kind of stretches, then I was doing more like 80 miles, 90 miles a day. Cause it's like, you know, if you, if you don't do that, you more or less don't pass the town. But if you're, I mean, even then, like, what do you have really? Like, you know, you're still on a bike. You got transport. You know every every 60 miles, 70 miles, there's a shop that's gonna sell you water. You know every 30 minutes, there's someone that's gonna pass it. If you're really you know dehydrated on the side of the road and you're flailing around, like they're gonna come. They're gonna come help you out. Um, and you know people are nice. You, you they everyone feels like even up there, everyone kind of feels like they're on the frontier, right? Yeah. Everyone's driving around in their Dodge Ram trucks and like uh, their American flags out the back. It's fantastic.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> what for you then, like, what were some of the highlights? Cause we're talking about the, like the beginning part and, and the Yukon and, and, you know, Alaska and then coming down into Idaho. But then at some point you got to an area like that was popular. Like, did you pop over to the Pacific coast highway at some point and then ride down there? And what were maybe, we'll get to the highlights, I guess, in a second, but what were the, what were the differences that you felt? maybe that were not the obvious differences of more people, more towns. And then what did you enjoy more?
1: In some ways it's the differences. In some ways it's like, in some ways in some ways, it's kind of the similarities. Like throughout the whole, the, the thing that strikes you is like throughout the whole trip, like people are so friendly when you meet them, right? It doesn't matter where they are. And you're like always getting like welcome into people's homes. You're always getting off the coffee. You're always getting like, everyone is always up for a chat. And it doesn't matter like, you know, particularly, I had like this stupid mustache. You know, handlebars kind of out the side. You know, I had this like cut off singlet. Like, I look ridiculous. Like a neon yellow backpack. I look ridiculous. And, so and you- did you
0: do that on purpose? Was that kind of like I'm like I might as well have fun with this. It'll it'll kind of spark conversation or no?
1: I think I just generally look ridiculous, but um, it's a, no. But it was, the mustache was definitely like okay. I'm going on a trip. I need a trip mustache. It was, a, um, it was a. I think that might be a common, also kind of a common middle-aged man thing. Kind of sadly, you know, playing real into that stereotype, but um, uh, but yeah, I take the like that was very popular in the Yukon. You know, you start a lot of com, you start a lot of conversations with a mustache in the Yukon. Um, but uh, no, but it, like you know, the kind of the thing is like people are friendly the whole way around. Like the more more people definitely like leads to a little bit of a harder. Camping adventure, so it was kind of good for me that I started in this sparsely populated, very welcoming, natural place where you know you can just pop behind, pop off the road twenty meters, you're gonna find a clearing, you know, you pitch a tent by a stream, you know. Then when you have to do that in like, you know, kind of semi-urban Idaho, you know, that's a little bit harder. You kind of have to have your advanced urban camping skills. You know, look for power lines, you know, kind of get in behind someone's property. Like, just, I don't know, you know, keep your, just try to forget about the gun laws. Um, but um, all these no trespassing signs, like, oh, I really don't want to wind up a statistic. Um, but no, nah, but anyway, it's I, I, like people are friending the whole way across. You sort of like, as you kind of, as you kind of get more urban, you have to get a little bit more like creative with the, with the adventuring, as it were. Um, and then I think like when you get into these sort of like mm, the tried and true trails, like the sort of like the Pacific Coast Highway or the Transamerica or that sort of thing, then you meet a lot of like bike tourists. Which is it has like its ups and it has its downs, right? So you're, when you're in the Yukon, you really meet like these crazy adventurers, like all these people doing, you know, the all these people going to Australia, going to Argentina, you know, all these people on like whatever four year trips. When you're like doing San Francisco to LA, you're meeting a lot of people like out for their rep, you know, they're kind of like the morning cycle,
0: which is, right. which is cool,
1: right. They're also fun. They're also cool people, but you know, it's a, uh, you know, this sort of like the sort of like mind blowing adventure stories are kind of like uh, interspersed with other stories.
0: And that's a good point. Yeah. Once you, you kind of get back to regular life, like people are just in their regular lives that you're meeting and yeah. it's not, Now, of course, you're meeting regular life people in the Yukon, but they're if you're a regular life person up there too, you probably have a reason. Like, there's a story behind why you're there, right?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. It's like like, I don't know if this is like a common saying, but maybe this is like just a a thing that I sort of heard along the road. It was like you know, a third of the people are here because they love the nature, a third of the people are here because they love like the live free or die freedom, you know, and a third of the people are running away from something.
0: (laughs) Sounds about right.
1: Yeah, I met this dude like in. He was like the ranger at like the furthest away camp in Denali. Uh, And like he's kind of like ride up. was like the end of like a, you know, like 90 K day on gravel, like carrying all of my gear because I'm an idiot. Could have just left it at the front of the park. You know, I was coming back there the next day. Nope. Going to take in 40 kilos of stuff. Yep. Sure. Whatever. Anyway, meet this dude. And he's like, you know, just the thickest Australian accent. They Honestly, they sound like, sound like they just pulled him straight out of the outback. He was like wrestling a crocodile before, like, and they dropped him in Denali. They're like, I can't come back there, mate. <laughs> like,
0: how did you come here? <laughs> you have to have been, which bank did you rob? Like. Yeah. Like what's, what's the story, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's a story now, whether they'll tell it or not, I guess kind of comes down to why they're there. Right. Some yeah, people yeah, are yeah. like, Oh, I don't want you to know my name or why I'm here. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I just did, like my <laughs> that's
0: right. What did you find? Cause you mentioned gear uh, and, and having a uh, 40 kilo pack on, what did you find that you either ditched or didn't use? Like if, if someone was going to do this trip, you know what was the stuff that you packed that you thought you'd use that you're like no way you don't need this and then what is some stuff that you picked up maybe that you're like yeah should have should have had this from the beginning
1: yeah I, I had about I had about twelve inner tubes for the tires you don't need twelve inner tubes like they sell those things you know <laughs> you'll you'll be able to find them on the road you can actually also just buy a puncture kit that's very light um, that's that is a skill you can just you can learn that one you know. I didn't but that's a possible skill to learn uh, so that those went I also had a I had like a very large and intense solar panel you know which would have been really useful if I was in the Gobi desert but in America they have like power outlets um, so you can just charge stuff you can charge stuff in cafes you know they don't they don't charge you for it um, I had a lot of bird-watching books thought I was gonna have a lot of time to I don't I don't usually do bird watching, but I thought that was a thing that nature people do. Um so I they, like, I gave the, I gave those to someone in um oh I don't, I don't remember, like somewhere in the Yukon, you know, and uh on Whitehorse and uh I'm sure he didn't use them either.
0: Right. Isn't <laughs> like, it awesome? Well I, I love this, like not just on your trip, but any traveler. Like you could go into their pack after they pack before they go on their trip or or after they come back. And you could look at it and you'd be like, you probably have a shirt in there that you haven't worn at home for six months. Yet, for some reason, you're going to lug it across the world because you think you're going to wear it and you never will, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I got my, I got my, yeah. Like by the, at the start, I was with four, like four fully loaded panniers front and back. And then by the end, I was with two on the back with space in them. Like you really, uh. You really do. You really do trim down because there was. I know, and it was just. It was just. Well, I also. I think I bought ten. About twenty pounds of food. Ten kilos of food. Like I had. You know, I had so many lentils. Like I had maybe. I probably. I think I had two and a half kilos. Like five pounds of dry lentils, which is that's really good. That's a great idea. Like if you're going again to Antarctica or the Gobi Desert or somewhere, you know, it's like a basic misunderstanding of lentils um but, yeah, that,
0: but l- lentils go far too man they're packed like you don't have to eat that many lentils to stop yeah. being hungry
1: and you really don't want to eat that many lentils like i still yeah, had a, in i do you know like three thousand kilometers into the trip i was still eating the same lentils that i'd brought and i hadn't even bought them in anchorage i'd shipped them on the plane from london and then cycled them all the way into the u.s through canada what are you doing
0: i yeah hey yeah, silly. Can't get good lentils in Canada, man. You just got to bring your own. <laughs> well, was there <laughs> anything that you added that you then you, you mentioned a puncture kit, but anything yeah. else that, you know, you, you added on? Yeah. I meant there
1: was a, one of like the, like, you know, this is one of the early guys where you're just like, Oh, cool. There's just another level. I was like cycling. We met this dude in Denali and they're kind of like same age as me, a couple years younger. And, um, then, I cycled down the straight down the kind of highway, straight down the sort of up, well, up to Fairbanks and then straight down the easy road. This guy went the long way around, went to a place called Chicken kind of deep into the north and then came back down and caught me. And I was like, ah, cool. You're doing 200K a day. He uh, was like 26. You know, it was his second cycle tour. And he was doing two years down to Ushuaia um, and like hiking all the time on the way. I was like, what are you going to do when you get to Ushuaia? He's like, ah, oh, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll keep going. I get like, yeah, sure. That's a uh, you're, you're real, your proper adventure, right? Um, and uh, he uh, he gave me a scraper. That was a, that's the most useful piece of kit that I got it Was there just cleaning out the inside of your inside of your pan with this rubber spatula. It is the most dirtbag bike touring thing that I really hoped I would never do, but then actually found extremely useful. I, nice.
0: The things you mm, don't yeah. know until you until you've taken the the hard road through chicken in and around, right? Um, yeah, yeah.
1: just gotta figure it out. Uh, uh, yeah, scrape it. Very useful. Don't awesome.
0: To do did did you have a plan? Because uh, I know you said like you you obviously scrapped the plan of going all the way down to Argentina or or up from Argentina. But did you have an end date and an end? Like destination, or were you kind of just taking as it comes?
1: Uh, I had an I had to, I did have to go back to work in the end of the at the end of the time. So I was sort of like limited to four months. Um, and like, I kind of you know honestly, Alaska to Mexico just sounds really good. Like I didn't you know it sounds better than Alaska to America. You know, it just doesn't really make any sense. So. Mexico just had like a, it has a really nice ring to it. I went like 20 kilometers into Tijuana. It's not a not, Mexico was not a large part of my experience. Um, I just really you know it makes a great title for a book. Um, but uh, yeah, but no, I, I had like a, I kind of just wanted to like you know kind of do that and get that kind of like uh, kind of do the do the through hike as it were on the cycle and uh, yeah just you know tap out at four months. Where definitely' you? Got-
0: well, I was going to say, were you ahead of schedule or, or like how strict were you keeping to a regimented X amount of miles per day? will get me here. Were you just?
1: Yeah. nah, was, I mean, in, I, I in the end, like after, after cycling for 5,000 miles, I actually discovered that I quite like cycling, which is convenient. Um, but uh, so I was sort of like, you know, like you have 10 hours in the day, you kind of get up and you're like, oh, all right, cool. I'm going to cycle for 10 hours. You know, it's kind of, that's going to be my day. I'm going to sit in a cafe and drink some, or diner and drink, a, you know, 15 cups of coffee until they kick me out. Um, tap away in my diary on my phone. Um, and, uh, but yeah. And then, so I wasn't really like, I didn't really, but yeah, other than that, like just enjoying the cycling and kind of just getting into it. I wasn't really like sticking to too much of a plan. I kind I got to, like, I got to Utah and I can All of this thing of like, oh, you know, I want to keep this single line, this unbroken thing. And I was talking to a bunch of people and they're like, oh, cool. So if you want to go to Utah, you either go down through Arizona, you go down to the desert. Or, you know, you can go back across to, you can go from Salt Lake, you can go back across to Eastern Washington, also desert. Um, You know, Eastern Washington, maybe there's some people that like it. Maybe there's some people that don't. You know, I was like, yeah, they're like, if you want to do the coast, just fly to the coast. Mm -hmm. So I flew, you know, and then that didn't really stick to any of the rules. I don't really stick to any timeline. I just kind of like, I enjoy the cycling. You'll make it where you make it.
0: Ah, good point, man. Good point. And because it is, I think so many people get caught up when they're planning in -hmm. having it be this I'd ideal version of what they want. And then when you're on the trip sometimes, and this goes for life in general, right? But you you're like you think you have to hold yourself to these set of rules that you're yeah. the only one who made them. Yeah. And uh yeah. Okay. So you went you you decided, hey, I'm gonna go from from Utah over to the coast and then go the rest of the way down the coast. 100%. You
1: know, like like it's a holiday. It's not a race, you know, it's not like a like I'm not Amundsen, I'm not Scott, you know. And it's like, uh, who's, who's keeping school? <laughs> like, you know, it's not the tour de France. <laughs> right. I'm just some, I'm just some like middle-aged kid on a bike. Right? It's kind of like, I mean, you, you know, you can, you can cycle if you like, you know, you can also take a day off. You like sit, sit in the library, read a book.
0: Right? What What were the like longest stretches? You mentioned being in Idaho with Johnny Idaho and painting his house. Um, what yeah, were, we- what's that?
1: Badly. Very badly.
0: Very badly. Very well noted. If you, if you come here, we won't put a paintbrush in your hand, man.
1: <laughs> Let's do it. For me, for you, much better.
0: <laughs> um, what, what were there other times where you like settled in a little bit or took some time off and, and had like a bit of a, a break from cycling?
1: Yeah. I had like a family reunion in the middle with my granddad's 90, 90th birthday, I must say. Uh, and so I flew over and had like a week with my family, um, you know, my American family in uh, in Virginia. That was fun. It was very good to be very good to be off the bike. You know, you think you you think you're like ah, oh, you get you do is you get you get really caught up in the flow of kind of like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna make my oats, I'm gonna get on the bike, I'm gonna do you know 30 40 k, I'm gonna have a coffee, you're gonna get into this routine, and then you know you go and hang out with other people that don't really care about cycling <laughs> and really don't care that you've been sleeping in a tent, really just wished you'd shaved before you showed up. Um, and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is actually pretty good for perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now I hang out with a, I have a couple of friends down the coast of uh, down the coast of uh, know, like in San Francisco and in LA. I hung out there for a little while. And then through Idaho and through Montana is like, I met a bunch of people that just like invited me in and kind of like kindness to strangers sort of thing, staying with people and, you know, got introduced to some New Zealanders who told me to fly fish. That was great. All right. Cool. Yeah, it was really sick. I mean, th- that is the thing about like when I mean, you travel a lot, right? But it's like, you know, just these random experiences will make it, right? You know, you think you're turning up and think you're turning up in Montana and you're going to ride through it in a couple of days. Suddenly, you know, you're hiking in the back country and some dude is like trying to, criticizing your 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 costing technique and telling you not to catch them lose so many of his hooks <laughs> like like ah, i don't know how to do this i'm not a fisherman like yeah so it's just these random experiences right
0: what do you think looking back and i mean i know this will be in the book and all too but what do you think looking back were the biggest i don't know life lessons seems a bit uh, of a big question, but just like the, like, what did you take from this? Cause obviously you have the experiences and the memories, but usually doing something like this changes your perspective, perception, um, you know, view on some stuff. Did you come back and feel a little different? What, what, what did it really do for your quote unquote regular life then?
1: Yeah. I mean, It has to do sort of with that stuff that we were talking about. Like, there's always, there's always going to be someone who's doing it better than you, you know? And I think once you accept that, like, once you accept that, there's kind of no ceiling to the goal, you can kind of accept that there's no floor to the goal. Right. And it's like, just pick something that's good for you. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, for me, it's four months cycling. That's kind of like out of my comfort zone. That's really going to push me a lot. Like, and that's a crazy experience for me. Right. You know, for someone else, it can be whatever, like, take a week and walk the South coast of Wales or something, you know, pick whatever you like. Right. But like, the thing is just like, it's actually super easy to, it's actually super easy to pick stuff outside of your comfort zone. It doesn't have to be cool to everyone. You know, no one has to be, you don't have to be Amundsen. Right. Like, uh, and you like, just this experience of kind of picking a goal that's, you know, massive for you and going after it, like it's a possible and be very fun.
0: Yeah. That's a man. I've never thought of that. There's no ceiling to it, but there is no floor. If you're like, if your expectations, we always said expectations are the thief of joy, right? If your expectations are simply, I'm gonna go and push myself and have fun, and it doesn't matter if I get on a plane, and it doesn't matter if I go to Virginia in the middle of it, right? Like, yeah, who cares? Like, what? Yeah. I'm making as long as you know, kind of what we talk about, as long as you're the one making the decision for you and making a proactive decision versus like doing it a reactive decision because someone's telling you to do it or whatever, that's ultimately the the win, right? Yeah, hundred percent. What then though, like you come back, did you, did you feel like a little bit, I, I don't know, depressed, bummed out, like you come back and now you're saying, all right, now I'm back to my regular life. Or was it, Hey, this was really cool. I'm glad I did it, but I'm also really happy for the things that I have in regular nine to five world.
1: Yeah, that was. I mean, it, you always have a better at your feet, right? But I definitely got to the end of cycling. Was like, cool. Uh, like, I'm very ready for a bet, Actually, you know, I'm super ready to come back to London, go to the pub. You know, like, sink a few pints. And get a little fat, and uh, that's definitely what I did. Um, now you know, two years later, I'm like, oh, maybe I should do, get back on the bike. And he was like, I do a 30k cycle. And I'm like, okay, cool, that's enough. <laughs> I I, got, I need a few more years of, motiv- few years of like, uh, to get to, to get the motivation up again. But, yeah, it's, do, uh, do you
0: foresee something else? And 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 if so, is it cycling or or do you think it's something off a bike? But you know, a similar like an exploration or an expedition.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I like uh, writing the book as well as well was like sort of a parallel adventure, right? Because I started to write that like, you know, just for myself as a diary. Then I was like, it's getting like better and better and kind of longer and longer. I was like, okay, I'll give it to my parents, you know, I give it to like a couple of my friends, I get to a couple, and kind of like it's growing like level by level. And then, you know, I gave I like in the end I printed it out. Um, I spent like it's been like two months after editing like this chicken scratching that I'd like done on my phone during the trip like editing that down into an actual book um and then I printed that myself and just gave it to everyone for Christmas and like sent it to all these people that I'd met on the trip and like it was just crazy it's like this crazy experience you know I never like I never really like you know I never thought it was gonna that was gonna happen when I like when I started doing it and then there's sort of like, you know, people start to read it and they're like, ah, oh, it's really funny. You should like, uh, you should get this published, man. You should get this published. Like, cool. You, can you introduce me to a publisher or like how <laughs> oh, I do that? <laughs> it's like, so you spend a year like trying to figure that out. So that like, I mean, it's not cycling, but in its, in its own way, that's like learning stuff and kind of like, you know, discovering this whole new world of like, how you, need, oh, you need an agent and an agent to talks to a publisher. And then you public, ah, oh, you you have to rewrite the book again. Ah, oh, okay, cool. All right. This is this is substantially more work than I was expecting.
0: <laughs> but you're right, it, it satiates a curiosity. It's it's an unknown that mm. you are undertaking. Yeah. And I, I was actually gonna ask you that question, you know, was it one of those trips where, hey, I'm gonna set out with the mission to document this in a book later, or I'm going to you know now with social media I'm going to document it as I go. Did you have any of those kind of again we'll call them rules but in your head was there anything that you had set forth to say I'm going to do this to document it or was it just hey I'm just taking notes for myself. I'm not doing anything else um other than that.
1: Yeah, I, I tried to t- I tried to take a lot of photos. So with the writing not nah, like I was just I was like you know I want to remember it afterwards so I kind of like I've been on a bunch of trips before where I didn't write anything down and then you know Six months later, you're trying to talk to someone about it in the pub and you're kind of like, you remember like the three highlights. You know what I mean? Like I took this trip to Chechnya to visit a buddy of mine out there. We went to his cousin's wedding and we had like the craziest time. And like, we were trying to like write these little things in the, in like the back of his cars. We were like speeding around these mountains and like people were like firing guns. And we were like, ah, God. Um, and then you go back and you're like, there are like, people who are like, how was Chechnya? And you're like, yeah, it was good, man pretty cool <laughs> you know, like, do you have any more details like yeah like a little bit but like you know I, you know okay if i'm doing this big trip i gotta like document it a little bit like at least for me just to like you know six months down the line like i want to like you know at least be able to tell someone what happened in idaho right um then i was like ah you know i also i'm not like a i'm not particularly photogenic so you know i was like taking a lot of photos of the landscape but uh I started out and I go to like a photo sharing thing with like family, but no one needs to see those, you know, that's not getting turned into a, it's not getting turned into a, like a gallery or something, you know? Uh, I definitely wish I'd taken a lot more photos of people. Right? Mm. You end up taking like a lot of photos of mountains, but if like, if someone hasn't been there, you know, they're sort of like, yeah, man, it's a cool photo of a mountain again for the 20,000th time. <laughs> right.
0: And, and how cool, like, how cool can it look compared to the mountain they have at home without like without a that's why professional photographers are professional photographers because you see their picture like that's amazing i've never seen that you see like my sunset picture like oh cool trev got a sunset all right yeah sweet yeah good shot. i bet that was fun for you (laughs) right 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 i i because i think that for me again as as i put myself in in your shoes of like all right i want to go do something like this blah 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 yeah, I love that you gave yourself permission. You're giving others permission to not hold yourself to rules because my buddy, who's super structured, he just biked across the U.S. You know, did it in. Uh, the dude is an animal. I mean, I-, I was on his Instagram like one day. He's like, "Oh, I'm in California." I'm like, I dude, you, like mean, I just, "You teleport?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, "Yeah, what train did you catch?" It was like, I-, I don't even, dude. It was like a month and a half or less. It, it was he just like, but he's. You know, and he's very structured and that's the way he is. And I know I'm not that way. So every day it was like, I'm drawing a picture. I'm taking an Instagram photo of it. I'm putting both of them up. I'm also using GoPro footage to do an Instagram story that's two minutes long. And he did it every day. And I remember thinking, that's awesome. But there is no way that on day 11, I'm sitting there doing that, you know?
1: Yeah. That's the thing, right? You like, it's the hike your own hike thing, right? You know, you've got to do something that works for you you know i met this dude on the trip that was like he was cycling every road in canada both directions so like every major road and and he loved it man this is what he was doing he was like that that's a lot of years of your life you're doing that buddy like he had a map and it was like it was like pink in one direction if he was like if you go in that direction it was like green in the other direction if he had like gone that direction and i was like i was like man like i'm not gonna do that but like i applaud you for doing it and cool as hell like that's and no one else is doing that. You were very individual.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and most of those people, you won't even know. Like, uh, most people aren't doing it for, I mean, especially something like that. You're not doing that for notoriety because you hear uh, it and you're like, that's crazy, but no one cares. Like, yeah. no one's like, get him on every morning show because this is changing the world. They're just like, ah, oh, that's a bit excessive, you know?
1: Yeah. No, the dude was 100%, 100%. Just like, and there was no like, there was no like, ah, tag me on Instagram. I'm this crazy dude doing this crazy cycle trip. And it's was like, Nah, no, like I'm just I've got a I've got a paper map here that I'm highlighting myself, and I'm gonna do this really gnarly trip. And he had really gnarly rules, like you know, if there was roadworks, he would walk through the roadworks. Like you know, if there is like two wheels on the ground at all times, if they're not gonna let him through, he'll stop. You know, when the guys go home and the roadworks, okay, I'm gonna walk through it. Like, like,
0: okay. Um, so he he was a rule follower. He was someone who's like,
1: yeah. All right, He's yeah, like you know, is that's his hike, right?
0: That's it. With the book, real quick, I wanted to ask you about that. You you said like that was its own journey. What what was that like? Like, what did you find out ab- about the process of of going through it? Like, would you do it again? Would you do stuff differently? Do you have any interest in writing a book again, or was it like, no, this just kind of took a life of its own, and this was you know a compartmentalized part of my life.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Like I, honestly, like I've spent more time writing the book and thinking about the book than I actually did cycling. Right, and that was certainly not the certainly not the kind of like the goal when I set out. Um, but it was wild. Wow, it's it really hard work. <laughs> it seems like a really stupid thing to say, but like uh, I was listening to one of the, one of your other shows, and the guy was like, oh, I read this book, you know, forty five years ago, and didn't edit it. Just whacked it out. You know, publishers loved it." Like that was definitely not the case with my book. <laughs> Yeah, that guy was substantially smarter than me. <laughs> it's like, you read something forty, but man, I read something like an hour later. I was like, I had six cups of coffee. This is not funny. This is not even English. Yeah. <laughs> what are you up to? Uh, so I, yeah, I spent a lot of time. It's, it's a lot of a lot of time rewriting, a lot of time sort of like you know, bringing my own sense of humor back into back into check with the real world, and kind of like uh, you know trying to figure out something like, hey, is this funny if it's. Me reading it is it funny? Right. If mom is reading it is it funny? If someone who doesn't know me is reading it, it's a Bob. Yeah, right.
0: totally. Right. And and written word being funny in the written word is I find. I mean, everyone has their different skill sets. I wouldn't say being funny is a skill set of mine in any way, medium. Yeah. But you know, written word is very hard to me. You know, like speaking, okay, video written word man for it to come across in a way that people actually like you said resonate and they don't know you but they're getting to know you and then they think it's funny is a is it really a skill that is that is tough to to master i
1: genuinely wish i had it um, but uh no it's i, I don't know I, I make a lot of things about like the, the book being funny but like it's not i i didn't really set out to be humorous it's just kind of like you're sort of there are just so many random moments on, the, like, when you're on that kind of trip. You just meet so many like odd characters, and you're sort of like meeting one after the other. And you're just like, ah, suddenly I am actually the odd character in this. <laughs> like, this is the the uh, the recurring theme is this guy. <laughs>
0: That is that is a great point. You're like I'm meeting all these odd characters, and then you turn to look. You're like, wait a second, they might be saying the same thing. Yeah, Here I yeah. am with a handlebar mustache and a neon backpack.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like these, like ladies, like you know, moving their kids away, and like I'm oh, go talk to that weird old guy. Go <laughs> uh, okay. we'll
0: hang out with that guy who from the outback, who's in the furthest place in Denali. He's much yeah, yeah, safer yeah. than that bike guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah definitely safer. <laughs> bad.
0: Oh, what what for you was if you look back on it because you said that there's all these highlight moments. Uh you could share share maybe like one or two of the of the highlights, maybe the unexpected highlights. But I also then want to hear about the mishap or, and I'm sure there's more than one, but maybe the biggest one or the one that had the the most impact on the trip.
1: Yeah. So, man, yeah, there's a lot of highlights, right? It's like four months, like every day is kind of wild, like. The one kind of like the one time where you re- I really went from like zero expectations to like this wild experience, I was in, in Missoula, Montana, which is, you know, I, it's a, it's an absolutely amazing place. I t- said that to a lot of people and apparently everyone knows that apart from I didn't know that. I, I kind of turned up in Missoula and was like, ah, small town Montana, this is going to be fine. Um, and then you kind of like go in and there's like the sun is shining, there's a river running through town, everyone is like drinking like like there's 16 breweries in the town. You're like, Oh, okay. Like I was, anyway, a lot of people had the same idea as me. It was a Saturday. I was trying to find like place to stay in town and everything is like, there's you know, no campsite. Everything is booked. You know, if you don't want to stay in the actual town, you're stuffed. I was like, okay, fine. Whatever. Like uh, I played this game before. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to like, I'm gonna have a few drinks. Uh, and then I'm going to go and like, uh, I'm going to go and settle. I'm gonna go and settle in the outskirts of town, trying to make myself make myself uh, invisible. Um, and was, I was sitting in the bar and like uh, and started chatting to the bartender and just like she's like, "Oh, cool, you're doing uh, this cool trip, like Alaska, yeah? Uh, you know, Julie here, she, uh, from Alaska. Like, give him a few more beers. Ah, uh, cool, cool. You have to meet this guy called Brad.
0: Brad, I love your trip."
1: And she like, drags me down the drags me down the other end of the bar, and there's this dude that looks like the dude from Big Lebowski looks like Jeff Bridges, like, you know, 65. He's got like, well, no, he's actually, he's actually correct me on this. He's actually mid fifties, but he's got this, he's got this like strong head of like white hairs, big muscles, just like super tan dude. And he's like sitting there just drinking his beer. And like, like, Oh cool. And Hey, how's it going, man? I'm I'm Brad. I'm like, you know, he'd installed all the art in the bar. He'd worked at the Coast Guard for 25 years. You know, he'd, like, lived out in Alaska. He'd gone to Antarctica. It's, like, just absolutely wild stories. And after, like, you know, maybe three minutes, he's like, yeah, man, just, you know, looking for a place to crash? Just come back to my house. Like, we'll go, like, hit a few more of the breweries around here before. And, you know, like, I was like, man, no, literally, yeah, cool. I, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good to me, you know. Go back to his house. His house is, like, a full mural decorated, like, by him and also by like the local artists that he's like installing all their art around the, bar- around the breweries in Montana. Like, man, like I just met like the lo- the absolute local hero, had like the best night, you know, went out for breakfast in the morning, like he introduced me to someone in the next town over, you know, that guy in the next town over, I met him again in uh, Wyoming, he like invited me to this mountain bike festival. It was man, this is, like, this guy's like, you know, changed the trip for the better. For just like, just some random interaction, right?
0: Mm. Um, that is that is the essence of travel but also doing what you're you were doing like close to the ground you know uh, being amongst people like not running into a place seeing the three sites and running out right just hey i'm here i'm showing up who knows where it'll lead you know whether that be biking or camper vanning around i mean there's any mode you can take but the slower you go the the more that that's going to happen and i'm with you it's just I mean, we, yeah, you can't, you can't have those experiences if you're not going to places like Missoula, like Wyoming, just places that aren't, you know, you aren't a hot spot for tourists, especially not international tourists, you know, by any stretch. So
1: 100%. And like, I have to say, like, I'm really not that guy. Like, you know, sort of the, like, I'm not the friendly guy in the bar that like people want to talk to, you know, so I'm sort of uh, sitting there, like, you know, through this whole thing, I'm just feeling like dead awkward, like the you know this this like the, the the first like the lady that introduced me to brad you know she's like you know, oh just stay here just stay here but she's working at the bar and so i'm standing in front of the bar like waiting five minutes like while she's like serving other customers and i'm just standing there being like oh god i just want to walk away oh no i should oh no i should stay here this this could turn out to be really cool like and just like oh man just killing myself inside and you're just feeling like you're you know you don't like you don't really want to be there and you you know, suddenly it turns into this amazing experience. So you kind of like, you know, it's not like I'm like some gregarious guy kind of like that makes these things happen all the time. That's like, you know,
0: that was a sort of wild experience for me. And I think think regardless of your personality, right? Like you're going to feel awkward. Mm. Like everyone feels awkward at some point. And it is, it's usually when you feel the most awkward that then you mentioned, like it flips right away. Like you kind of, pushed yourself through the awkwardness to find that like golden nugget of, of experience or, or, you know, or, or your own Jeff Bridges character. Right. And you're just like, oh man, I could have easily just walked away, been, went to the bathroom, booked it out of that bar and been like, I'm, I'm out of here. But you wouldn't have had that experience that you had. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. What is it for you for a mishap then? Like, what is the biggest, like, yeah, well, you know, mishap. What, what is it when, when we talk about this trip?
1: So bikes are bikes right like stuff didn't really like honestly, like you know chain came off, I got stuck, you know someone on the side of the road had to rescue me, I look like an idiot like that really is the mishap with that with that trip with the sailing trip before when I was a uh, this was the this is kind of the real story, right we did this um we did this like you know I, my friend told me on the stream basically it was like you know we we're a university in australia and, my parents have this like 1970s trimaran, like, come, we're gonna fix it up. We're gonna do this crazy trip round. Like, we'll, go, we'll get down to the Mediterranean. Like, yeah, chat, great idea, man. Like, right, we'll go, he's like, yeah, there's maybe a, there's a little hole in the front of the boat. Like, m- maybe we've got a month to work, maybe a couple weeks. Right, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And come there, like pull off the rubber cement that he's put in the hole, just like rip off half the hull. Everything underneath the rubber cement is like rotten wood. And like, oh, Cool, all right, so we'll spend like the first three months rebuilding this thing. All right, good, yeah, cool, I love, love manual labor. Get amongst it, F- fully, fully on board, Nate. By the end of that, he was certainly, certainly regretting uh, <laughs> giving me any, any, uh, any uh, responsibility over tools. But um, uh, anyway, so we spent three months doing this and actually, you know, it, it, at the end it floated. You know, we called the boat epoxy because we basically put uh, glue all over it. But, um, uh, and so we sailed around Norway. And like sailing around the bottom, and like having these kind of cool experiences. You're going into like little sailing towns, kind of like having beers on the dock, meeting everyone there. You know, but but like you know, kind of dumb kids sailing inshore, just like you know, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, all the way up. So Oslo, all the way around to Stavanger, and then you get the first real passage of the trip. You know, it's like uh, Stavanger over to Scotland, and sort of sitting there and like, okay, cool. We're gonna time. We're gonna time it. We're gonna wait till the weather is totally right. We're staying with some cool guys in Stavanger. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna we're gonna do this the safe way. You know, there's no perfect weather. Kind of a week. Get itchy feet. You know, there's now quite strong winds from behind us and kind of big seas. And we're like, yeah, nah. We're gonna we're gonna blast across. Don't worry about it. Um, so we set out in this boat. You know, it's a big trimaran. So you're going with the wind down, like following the the swells. Following you, so you're surfing down these huge swells. You're going really fast, like 17 knots. You know, we're just having an absolute whale of a time. Um, you know, get halfway across, like you know, coming down a swell, whack the front of the boat into the like the nose of the boat into the next uh, into the next wave. Mast snaps forward, snaps back, and the front stay breaks. It's like a metal rope that's holding the mast down it starts flicking all over the place. Mast like pings back and forth again. The next day it breaks, you know? So we're sitting in the middle of the North Sea, like trying to move the mast around being like, man, like this is not gonna hold a sail. Like so we're sitting there, like seven meter swells and this mast is going bing, 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 back and forth. It's not quite, it's not quite like down, but it's not staying up. We're like, ah, we got a, man, we got a motor to shore. like doing the maths on the, doing the maths on how much fuel we got. Like, ah, we're, we don't have enough fuel to motor to shore. Like, <laughs> Ooh. Uh oh! Uh oh! Like you know, you know, this is this is this is bad sailing practice. I tell you now, like, don't try this at home. This is this is, you know, any anyone who knows what they're doing with sailing would not do this, and this is not the smart way to do it. Anyway, we just we called. There's a like ship passing. We called them, and they were like, "You eh, know, whatever, fine, piss off." You know, they called the shore. Helicopter came out. Helicopter was like. Are you in control of yourselves? Countdown from 10. Or like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Like, cool, bye. <laughs> Straight back. And then they redirected an oil service vessel to come pick us up. Um, There's like a Russian oil service vessel. There's these dudes there. Like, I mean, why should they speak English? Doesn't? They, of course, they're not going to speak English. They speak Russian. Like, they're throwing, they're throwing a rope over to us. And oil service vessel is a 70-meter ship. It's got two meter engines on the back, throwing off sea seven meter swells. There's two meters of white water. We got this like raft of a boat like coming up behind them. You know, they th- we finally get the rope attached. They tow us through the night. The mast snaps off with the like being towed. It's whacking on the side of the boat. You know, cut them, jump up in the middle of the night. Get the bolt cutters. Cut the mast off. Like you know, uh, the the, the tow line breaks, they have to circle back, it's midnight, they're shining spotlights on us, shouting in Russian, like ah, I don't know what to do, you know, 20 year old kids absolutely no, no way no how we should have been out in the ocean um, they finally give up, Scottish Coast Guard bless them, toes us in to Shetland Islands, the whole town is there waiting in Lowick to like, to welcome us, the mayor's like um, boys, you're safe now sort of thing, except in the very rough whatever, anyway, boys you're safe now, you know, so we spent a week in you know, Shetland Islands, in Luric, and like every single old dude in the place would like every time we would go to any pub, they would be like, oh, let me buy you a beer. You're those idiots. Let me buy you a beer. You're those idiots. And then they would, they'd give us a beer. And then they'd spend the entire time we were drinking the beer, telling us what idiots we were. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> well, you got to I mean, free beer. It only free hurts it. your
1: pride. Only free hurts beer.
0: your pride. You just have to, yeah.
1: yeah, man, got to really take it. Took it for, took it from almost everyone in town for a week and and fairly so fairly so
0: right i mean the coast guard had to come and rescue you. there's not much of a leg you can stand on at that point you just have to be thankful for the free beer because yeah. you're like all of you are completely right we were <laughs> yeah. a stuck at sea i have absolutely no leg to stand on next trip get a bike oh man that's awesome that is a that is a good 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 story so um Sailing probably not your next expedition. No, no, definitely. I mean, I would love to. It's great. You know, it's
1: kind of, it's got more kind of sex appeal than, uh, you know, Lycra, but I
0: think know your limits. Know your limits. There you go, man. Otto, thank you so much, man, for joining me today, for giving armchair explorers and like the every man and every woman. That that sit back out there say like I can do this. You you really are giving people hope, right? You're like I did it. Hey, I might have done it and was unprepared, and that's and it still worked. But I think the beauty of your story is that you just, especially the point that you made of like you just have to do it the way you want to do it. There is no if there's no expectations to it. And you're just doing it to have fun. Then go and find the way that it's most fun and pick the thing that that really resonates with you because all of us have some exploration in us, right? Whether it be four weeks, four months, four years, four days, whatever, man. So remind people one more time, how can they come get a hold of you? How can they find the book? Because I know that this is, I'm going to be downloading, like, this is what I'm getting next. Cause I got to read through it now. I know there's details we left out. So what's the best way for everyone to get that?
1: Fantastic. And thanks very much. And Travis, thanks very much for bringing me on the show. It's been really fun talking to you. Um, uh, people can get the book on Amazon. It's called Northbound and Down by Otto Eckroyd. Unfortunately, there's also a show called Eastbound and Down, which has nothing to do with my book, but uh, you type in my name, E-C-R-O-Y-D, I'm the only one on there. You know That's, that's more unusual in the title, but Northbound and Down, uh, awesome. available in the US.
0: Very cool. Um, is it available internationally too? Uh,
1: yes. Sorry. Amazon International, they ship it everywhere. Perfect. Kindle. Paper cover, got maps, pictures, whole nine yards. Looks whatever
0: lovely. you want. I, I'm getting, I'm getting the physical copy, man. The physical, I, I love having a physical copy, especially when it's a travel book. Right, just makes it feel a little more real. Um, we'll link that in the show notes, everyone. Um, northbound and down, pretty easy to remember. But yes, eastbound and down, pretty good TV show too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. If, you, if this gets you into that, I mean, you're welcome that's right that's right Otto man thank you so much uh, for joining me it it's man it is an absolute pleasure to get to talk to you and the beauty of it uh, you know as we just said I love that you say listen I'm a regular guy I came back to a nine-to- five I had a nine to five because you and I talked right before we started the show you know we get these British explorers on and US explorers but for some reason you Brits like you got a little something to screw loose yeah. up there um, yeah people living in England like I gotta get out of here um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, worse than that. <laughs> yeah. It's like crazy stuff, right? Four years and these huge expeditions, which are cool. But you know, when I look at my life, I'm saying I'm not doing that right now, but mm-hmm. I could go and do a couple week trip, a month trip, something like that. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing that story, man. It's such a fun, funny way. Awesome. Thanks very much. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget. You can go get Otto's book, Northbound and Down. We will link in the show notes, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows. And thank you for your support. That makes us the number one rated travel podcast out there. Until next time, everyone, happy free travel.